0: absolute sports betting degeneracy hey
1: everybody arch here and it's thursday after the daily show which can only mean one thing we're talking ufc with james what's going on james
2: i'm doing very well thank you how about yourself mate
1: hey man i can't complain how have you been holding up
2: um yeah not too bad really i apologize for not showing up last week i thought you know, since uni is finished, I thought I'd take a, a little break just to go up to Cardiff to see my mates. And, uh, yeah, I can only apologize for missing last week's show, but if it was weird though, doesn't it? Because we haven't had that much action over the last like couple of weeks or so. And I think after this weekend's fight card, there's another two weeks before the pay-per-view showdown between Conor McGregor and Dustin Poirier. So there's been a couple of breaks here and there. And it just feels weird to, You know, to be talking in UFC again.
1: It is. It is weird. So, two weeks, we get the matchup with uh, Poirier and uh, entrepreneur (laughs) Conor
2: McGregor. Yes, uh, July 10th. I'm thoroughly looking forward to it. I think the whole (laughs) world is. Yeah,
1: this will be a fun one. This will be fun. See if Conor's head's in the game. (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you lose it again, there's still going to be people saying, oh, his head's not in the game. We'll wait for his next fight, and then his head will be in the game. There's just excuse after excuses.
1: Eventually, when you become as big as Conor <laughs> and you get pulled in every direction, it's tough to yeah. stay focused on one thing.
2: Oh, 100%. I mean, you look at obviously his whiskey business, his clothing brand. He's obviously got his fitness apps and all that. Now, it's very tough to, you know, keep his MMA head screwed on, really. Right. And, and plus, he's, he's got, got a, all the money in the world. He, yeah. He's he's set up a life.
1: Yeah, right, right, right. And he's got his meeting with his lawyers every week to, to you know, to, to figure out how they're going to plead <laughs> yeah. to the latest crime.
2: Yeah, no scrapping old men in bars, please. <laughs> yeah. Save it after the fight. Right, right.
1: Oh, boy. Good times. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, shit, man. Let's get to work. Let's do it. Let's do it. What do you got? Yeah.
2: Um, well, obviously, we've got the main event between Suragana and Alexander Volkov. <laughs> when you look at this fight, I'm actually really looking forward to this one. I mean, you've got Suragana, who's 8-0. And he's got a mixed record. You know, he's got a couple of knockout wins, submission wins, decision wins. Obviously he's coming off of that win against Jairzinho Rosenstroik a couple of months ago. And many people were, you know, complaining about Silgana's performance, but to step in there and go the full 25 minutes with Jairzinho Rosenstroik, it does take some doing because Jairzinho, you know, he is a true knockout artist. And I think Silgana approached it cautiously and was very conservative in his approach for the, the majority of the fight. So I don't blame him at all. Uh, when you look at Gun, he comes from a Muay Thai background that includes a seven-seven and zero pro record in that organization, and he has a combination of um, and his combination of athleticism, power, and size it makes him an intriguing fighter to watch in the heavyweight division because he works well behind his jabs. He throws powerful overhands that can be tough to pick up at times due to his that awkward Muay Thai style. And he's just, he does some of his best work at the clinch and his cardio is impressive given, you know, all heavyweights, they struggled to go the full 25. But Garner showed in his last fight that he is capable of going the distance and still pushing forward. I think when you look at Sil uh, Garner, I think his, you know, his wrestling, his grappling is still not up to scratch just yet. But I think you look at the the bigger heavyweights, there's, they really tend to wrestle. And I think you won't be worried about the wrestling in this fight with Volkov, who is a natural uh, striker at heart. I think once you fight Curtis Blades uh, for still Garner, that's when you should probably start worrying about your wrestling. But going into this weekend, I think you will be fine. Alexander Volkov, on the other hand, obviously he's won nine out of his last 11 fights. He's coming off of that win over Alistair Overeem and he's just, he tends to go into the radar, a bit, Alexander Volkov, I mean, on his day, he's a fantastic heavyweight. He hasn't lost, um, in over a year before that, his last defeat before the cut. defeat was against Derek Lewis back in 2018, I believe. So he's coming off of a good win against what Harris and Alistair Overeem. He's in good form right now. And I think he's going, like I said, he's going onto the radar a bit. Um, He's like I said. He's a striker at heart, who is most comfortable standing up. And the majority of his professional wins have come via knockout. He's got a sensational reach. He's got very heavy hands. He's also he's always very deadly and accurate whilst he's throwing. And I'm thoroughly looking forward to to seeing Alexander Volkov this weekend because he always looks to stay busy. Um, <laughs> touching upon it earlier, I did say Cyril Garner will have problems wrestling. Alexander Volkov probably won't look to wrestle, but if the fight does go to the floor, Volkov you know, is accomplished on the mat. But again, like I said, he's a clean striker at heart. I personally, I get why Silgan is the favorite here because he hasn't shown much weaknesses up to this point. He's unbeaten and he just went the distance and won by a um, decision against a dangerous fight in and strike. But you've got to look at Volkov in this one. I mean, he'll be the underdog going into this one. I think on his day, he can knock anyone's lights out. But with that being said, I'm on the Silva hype train. I think he'll get it done via decision. I think he'll be able to, to sort of stay away from those powerful shots from Volkov. But I know I'm going for a gun via decision. If you fancy like a, a cheeky pun, I would go for Volkov via knockout in the third, second or third round. But I'm predicting the ganva
1: decision i think you're absolutely right i think ganye wins this fight i think he takes care of business he is a favorite only minus yeah. 151 so it's not it's not too it's bad side
2: favorite.
1: yeah it's not too bad i think you're right i'm bet i'm definitely betting uh ganye here to win the fight at the minus 151 i think you know prop bets decision looks like this is probably going to be the way it goes mm. i think you're right with the decision but you think that uh, Volkov could catch him? Catch him just off guard a
2: little bit? Yeah, I mean, like I said, he's got the the knockout power there, and he can literally knock out any heavyweight in the division apart from that, like the Ingarnus and Derek Lewis's. But apart from that, he can knock out any of the top fifteen contenders. And if, like you said, if Garner sort of gets caught off guard, then Volkov will be there to counter and put him away. So that 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 bet within itself is a. Uh, it's not too ambitious, like it's there for the taking and um, many people will probably jump on to Volkov via some sort of knockout and however many rounds it take, but no, I'm going for Ghana by decision, but the knockout is there for Volkov.
1: Okay. All right. Yeah. I'm in the same boat. What do you got up next?
2: Uh, next up? I believe I've got Oven St. Prue versus Tanabosa. Hey, um, speaking
1: of has you are
2: done me there. <laughs> yeah, we got OSP versus Tanibosa. Um This is an all-good one. Uh, obviously, OSP, he's 38 years of age. He's probably getting towards the end of his career. He's coming off of that defeat to Jamal Hill via uh, knockout, whereas Tanabosa himself is coming off of a defeat, I think it was two weeks ago, at Tomahad versus Leo Um So both men not in best of forms right now. And naturally, over the years, we've seen OSP compete at 205. Obviously, this fight is going to take place at heavyweight. So it'll be interesting to see OSP back in the heavyweight division, how he can fare against Tana Bosa. Um, when you look at Bosa, he's got a purple belt in BJJ, and he tends to sort of rely on his cardio, his hand speed, and his leg kicks are very, very good. He works those leg kicks well, and the three out of his last four wins have been knockouts. So I think... The, the, the likelihood for Bosa in this one is to probably get the finish. He grew up studying karate. So as I said there, the leg kicks and the footwork will be a big part of this game going into this weekend. OSP, like I said, he's not in the best of form right now, but he's back in the day, he's probably one of the most proven fighters in the 205 division. He's extremely dangerous standing up with that knockout power and he has that devastating leg kicks. But personally, I think going into this one, Bosa will probably be the harder man in this one i think bosa is the favorite going into this one and rightly so based on his consistency the hand speed and the advantage in his striking accuracy i think it'll be a stand-up fight whereby bosa will probably get the best out of uh, osp and i think he'll get the late finish so i'm going to go for a third round tko
1: third round tko for bosa oh that's i like that i like that an awful lot i i uh let's see bosa is minus 181 and i do think he's going to win the fight <laughs> I agree with you 100%. I, I have no problem laying the 181 on BOSER to win the fight. Uh, gun to my head, you know, it's probably a decision. Like hmm. you said, these guys are not, you know, they're not a, a top form, either one of them right now. No. Yeah, so maybe it's a little bit of a sloppier fight Just decision for BOSER is probably the way I'd lean. But again, yeah. minus 181, lay it and win 100 bucks.
2: Yes, it's it's a safe bet, in my opinion. I think so too. It's too <laughs> bad. Uh, it's
1: it's always sad to see someone like OSP like at this at this stage of their career. Yeah. What do you got up next?
2: Uh next up I believe I've got Ronnie Barcelos versus Team of Alive. And on paper, this is I think this one will be probably one of the you know better fights in the main of main card. I'm thoroughly looking forward to this one. You look at Ronnie Barcelos. he's undefeated in the UFC with a five-0 record, I believe. Um and again he's turned thirty four this year and I think he deserves i think Ronnie Percelles deserves a true you know contender in the bantamite division right now. I think if he gets the win over a team of they'll probably earn you know the shot at the top fifteen ranked guys so I think he's got to go out there and get the job done. He's a very skilled accomplished fighter and i <laughs> I think that Barcelos will be the one who closes it. I think both men match up great on paper. Um, Barcelos has the edge and power, wrestling, and has the submission skill set and the durability as well as the perfect counter striking to push Belaev's aggression. And I think in the end, Barcelos will probably score the decision victory. I think this one will be close. You know, like I said, both men match up well, but in terms of that little bit of more heart and aggression and dedication i think barcelos takes it on this one so i'm going to go for a brownie for satisfied decision
1: 100 agree with you
2: again step for step <laughs> Man, man. What's happening there tonight? I don't know. I don't know. If you'd been on last have you week. I've been drinking this morning.
1: Yeah, if you'd been on last week, we would have disagreed on every single fight. And you probably,
2: Almost certainly. You would have turned
1: a profit. <laughs> yeah. I'm with you 100%. Barcelos, I think he wins. He's minus 216. So we're starting to get into, you know, we have to pay a little bit of money here. But I, I'm really not that worried about it. Um, hmm. So, yeah, I'm, I'm throwing 216 on him. Decision. That's, that's my uh, lean there.
0: What's the easiest choice you can make?
1: All right, what else
3: you got?
2: The final fight I believe I've got is Shavkat Romanov versus Michel Pizarres. And going into this one, I'm I'm totally on the Shavkat Rahmanov uh, hype train. He's a big favorite for a reason. He's 26 years of age. He's 13 and 0. And you know, if he can get a comfortable win this weekend, it'll probably the do- doors will open for Shavkat Romanov. I think it'll take probably at least two more wins under his belt before he'll face the top 15 contenders. But at 26 years of age, at 13 and 0, you know, there, there, there are options for Shafkat going forward. And you look at Michel Pozzeras, his last fight was uh, two years ago, I believe, and that was Ishmael Nodayev and he lost by convincing decisions. So at 39 years of age, to be stepping in there with one of the hottest prospects in the welterweight division, it, it doesn't bode well for Michel Pozzeras. You look at Shavkat; he impressed on the, the both the European and the Asian scene. And I think his success early days, or, or, well, earned him the contract to the UFC. So I'm fairly looking forward to seeing him again. I think if I'm going to be honest with you, Shavkat can win this fight in any sort of way he possibly can. Like he can get the knockout. He can get the submission. And like I said on his debut, UFC debut about eight months ago, he submitted Alex Oliveira. So. Confidence is through the roof with Shavkat Romanov and going into this weekend. I'm probably going to say a decision on this one. I think he will be cautious in his approach. But I do say, what I did say earlier, that he can finish the fighting by any way necessary. You, can, you know, he can get the early knockout, you can get the submission. But I think for Shavkat Romanov, this will be his first fight in Vegas or in America so I think he'll be a bit cautious in his approach going forward I think he'll want to impress Dana White and the company because like I said he is a big deal in the welterweight division I think give him two or three more fights he'll be facing the bigger guys at 170 so I'm probably going to lean towards I say lean I'm definitely betting Shavkat Romanov in this one via decision but I think Pesera's his best shot in sort of getting Romanov I think he's got to clip him early and sort of Shock Shafkat a bit, but I I cannot see that happening at all. You know, thirty nine years of age, coming off of a defeat two years ago against the hungry young contender. I think all signs are pointing towards a Romanov decision victory on this one.
1: Ooh, I agree with everything you said. Again, uh, <laughs> Romanov, it it looks like to be absolutely just going to come out and dominate. Just yeah, one sided. <laughs> absolutely dominate. He's minus three eleven, and again. Mm. Uh, this fight, maybe more than any of the others, I'd be really scared about, you know, picking an outcome. I would probably just bet Rachmaninoff to win, fork down the 311 to get $100 back. Because you look at these stats, it's incredible. Seven KOs, or TKOs, six submissions, <laughs> zero decisions. Man, oh man, I have no idea which way this fight's going to go. I mean, I guess I I'll lean decision with you. Maybe the uh, flying over to America is going to, you know, make him a little little tentative, a little cautious. But agree, a hundred percent. He's going to be on the the stage. He's going to win. I, you know, who knows where his head's at? A hundred percent.
2: Yeah, and I've just seen the stats now. Shavkat is six foot one compared to Michelle Pizarres, who's five foot six. And he has a significant reach advantage <laughs> over Michelle Pizarres. So I think Shavkat will probably end up dominating the fight and just sort of pick him apart early doors. So I'm thoroughly looking forward to the return of Shavkat Romanov in this one. And when you look at the height and reach advantage in favor of Shavkat. It is scary and it is frightening. Yeah,
1: yeah. It's going to be a tough night for Michelle over there.
2: <laughs> Absolutely.
1: Oh, boy. All right. You got, That's it for you? You got anything else?
2: Oh, yeah, that's it for me. Oh. So I'm guessing you've got a couple up your belt.
1: I do, I do. I want to look at – let's let's start from the bottom, work our way up. Yeah. It's uh, Yancey Medeiros versus Demir Haddock. And I think Demir at the minus 145, there's a ton of value there. I think Demir comes out. He's going to take care of business. I'm I'm thinking the first fight of the night, we're going to cash some money. So give me a Demir Haddock. Uh, I'm just trying to decide, I guess decision. Fuck. It's going to be all decisions.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's going to be a 15 minutes or 25 minutes for the whole night. It's going to be a long evening, even Mm -hmm. though for the UK fight uh, fans, I believe the main event starts at midnight that's not too bad so I, I, we can't complain yeah it's not too bad even though it's yeah. probably going to go all the way to the, to the judge's scorecards for, for again, somebody
1: who's not in school and who's unemployed <laughs> it should be got a problem no
2: excuse yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah well i mean if ben Cartledge is refereeing or officiating this weekend <laughs> then we'll probably be waiting like 10 minutes for a scorecard so it might be a late one at the end of the day hmm. who knows what do you got in the fight though but in terms of the fight, yeah, uh, I'm probably leaning towards Yancey Medeiros in this one. I think he's his record. You know, it's it's not as bad as everyone thinks. He's lost to some very very tough fighters inside the UFC, and I think he's still got the power, and he's so durable. You know, he's tough, tough as old boots. So I think he's got the experience and the edge going into this one, and I think he will ultimately end up sort of outpointing Damio in this one. So I'm going to go for the Yancey Medeiros by decision.
1: You're going to bet that way. Or are you leaning that way?
2: Oh, uh, I'll bet that way.
1: Oh, I like it. I love it when we go head Compliment. to head, head to head. <laughs> All right. Let's see. I got another one coming up here. Uh, let's talk about this one. This is a, this is a, a lottery ticket. I don't know if you have a lot. Do you have the lottery over there?
2: Yeah, we do. Okay. This of is course a- we do. We're Brits. <laughs>
1: okay. Uh, um, it's uh, Julia Avila versus the hmm. other Julia uh, Strelinko, Str- Strelinko, Strelinko. There it is, Strelinko. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Strelinko is plus 293, and I think there's a ton, ton of value on her. I think she can stand, stand toe-to-toe with Julia, and I think it's going to go to the judges, and God hmm. only knows what's going to happen there.
2: <laughs> Anything can happen. Right. So I think
1: <laughs> I, I'm going to throw a little bit of a flyer. Give me uh, uh plus 293.
2: Yeah, Stolyarenko obviously is a moderate underdog going into this one, and Julia Avila is a huge favourite. And both women are coming off of defeats. Whereas you look at Avila, she's coming off that loss to Sijara Eubanks, and Stolyarenko is coming off that defeat to Yanikinetskaya. And this is a that was her first appearance inside the under the UFC banner. So it was it was a bit unfair on on Julia Stolyarenko because Yanikinetskaya is a top contender at bantamweight, and to throw him immediately against and Sky, it was probably a tough one. She probably needed a a lower rank contender to work her way up. So I think this one will go to the judge's scorecards. I think on paper, Stoliorenko is probably durable enough to withstand via's power and her various, you know, arm bar transitions. And she'll be able to sort of hold her own inside the octagon. But at the end of the day, I think Avia will you know, get a comfortable unanimous decision victory on this one, but it will be tough for Avia because, as I said there, Stolyarenko is tough on a day, and it really is tough to, to put a woman like Julia Stolyarenko away inside the octagon.
1: Did you want to bet aside on this one, or are you just going to hang back and watch?
2: <laughs> because it's me and you today, I'll be cheeky and bet it. Uh, decision win? <laughs> for Yeah, decision win for Avia. Avia,
1: all right. Oh, let's see. I got a couple more here. Jai Herbert versus Renato M- M- Mocano? Mocano? Mokano? Yeah. Jai <laughs> Herbert. He's only 33. Is 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 it is that it? Is his career winding down? Because I think Renato's gonna come out and just dominate. He's minus two forty-six, heavy favorite. I have no fear embedding Renato here.
2: Um it is a tough one. At the end of the day, I know he's like as you alluded to there, he's 33 years of age, Jai Herbert. Um I do like this fight and from a neutral standpoint. I think loads of people will be tuning in for this one. Renato Moicano is coming off of that defeat to, to Zayev. Uh, but before that, he won against Damir Hadzovic. But again, him, he's not been in the best of forms. Lost to Chan-Sing Young and uh, Jose Aldo. So he's, he's been in some tough... So over the last couple of years, I know he's lost throughout his last four fights, but like I said, they were tough opponents. So you, you know, I'll come some slack at the end of the day. And you look at Jaiher, but he's coming off that defeat on his UFC debut to Francisco Trinaldo, and that was just brutal in the way it happened. So has he learned from this, that fight? I, I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. But I think going into this one, I'm thoroughly looking forward to it will be at lightweight. So naturally, Jai Herbert will be the bigger man because Renato Moikano, as we've seen over the last couple of years or so throughout his career, he's been used to competing at featherweight. So how will he fare moving up to 155 against a natural bigger contender. Um, I'm probably going to lean towards Moicano or I say lean. I'm probably going to bet Renato Moicano via submission because as soon as Renato gets the fight to the floor, it is very dangerous to get out of and eventually he will get the a rear naked choke or some sort of submission under his belt. So I'm probably going to bet Renato Moicano via second round submission. Second round submission.
1: I like it. Hmm. All right, uh, I agree with you. Looking at his stats, it's seven. It's either decision or submission. submission. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's one of the two. Take your pick. Yeah, so yeah, but, but I, I mean, honestly, I don't have a big problem betting the minus two, the minus two forty six mm. here. So yeah, yeah. I mean, if you want to follow James and take all his advice, that's it. If you want to turn a profit, just just bet with me. It'll be good. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, just play it safe and boring. <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right i've got one last fight and this one has me scratching my head you're gonna have to explain this one to me it's nicholas yeah. dolby versus tim means nicholas yeah. dolby is the underdog plus 115 i've got him winning this fight uh almost handily so i love this i love that i'm catching a plus line here we're gonna make some money on this i want to bet tim, nicholas dolby am i crazy uh,
2: no i don't think you're crazy at all i think tim means obviously he's coming off of a, a decision win over, over mike Perry's. That's only going to boost his confidence highly. He's thirty-seven years of age. So he's, well, I say that Nicholas Dobby's only thirty-six himself, but Tim Means has been in amongst the, the UFC and the MMA promotions for a long time now. And you look at his record; he's thirty-one and twelve. So, like I said, he's been there for a long time. Dobby, his career has been a bit stop-start in the octagon. He's had a couple of draws under his belt, and as I said, yeah, it's been a bit of a stop-start. He's had some highs and he's had some very lows in the UFC and across the MMA promotions. So. I think this one will be tough, but I'm surprised that Nicholas Dolby is the underdog going into this one. I think on his day, he's a very, very capable athlete. I think what this one will most likely go to the judges' scorecards, and I'm probably going to back Nicholas Dolby on this one, though. So in answer to your question, you are not crazy whatsoever (laughs) as much as I seem to think that on a daily basis.
1: Yeah, well, I ask that question a lot. Man, (laughs)
2: let's see here. Yeah, I'm
1: looking at i'm looking at tim means record it's you know it's, it's that's a lot of that's a lot of wear and tear on the body what's that he's 31 mm. and 12 oof that's a lot that's a lot Dolby's only lost via decision ever so there it is yeah yeah decision is where i probably lean but again he's catching he's catching the plus line so who cares just bet the plus line yeah smash make some
2: money